I will not look at porn. I refuse. Through the Spirit of God. I'm not talking about because I'm this. uh, No, through the Spirit. God help me. I will not. I will not entertain those thoughts. I will not speak that way. I will not act like the world. I will not touch the unclean thing. That's what mortifying, to put to death. Like that part in that song, rid me of myself. How awesome of a church would we have if we rid the church of ourselves? I often give you the scripture and can't help it. This is our camp. You left your smaller camp to come to the corporate camp today. People right now in here could be longing for a tangible, is it real? And God tells us in Deuteronomy 23, 14, New Living Translation, listen, the camp must, if you're in school, one of Jonathan's buddies went to UCLA, one of the biggest, hardest school, I think, in in nursing or Sanford's, I forget where he was. He did it all. And then he had to sit down for an eight-hour test, and they said, you must pass that. You understand what the word must means? He couldn't almost pass it. After thousands and thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours of studying, it came down to one test that had the word must. Now, we're talking about the presence of God. Like we see it and read it, where they couldn't even stand because of the presence, or to be able to minister because of the thick presence. And God says, your camp must be holy. The camp, it's not an option. My camp at home must be holy. After 46 years of marriage, and after Ruth exhaustingly taking care of the house and children, oh, we finally said, let's get a cleaning lady. Well, we didn't take two months cleaning up our house for the cleaning lady. Oops, you can't see this. Oh, we better get rid of that. Oh, that better not be laying out. Oh, we better watch. The camp must be holy. Now, all the camps have come together this morning. Your camp must be holy. Or you're damaging us. Just like I would damage you. The camp must be holy. For the Lord your God moves around in your camp too. To protect. 
to protect you and to defeat your enemies. He must not see any shameful thing among you or he will turn away. So now we have generations after generations saying, is is God real? Because he's been backing up and backing up and backing up. We want to drink. We want to lie. We want to cuss. We want to run around. We want to watch filth, talk like filth, dress like filth, and God is. You see why this is a hard message to understand or get or listen to or maybe make it explainable? Because we don't like this kind of stuff. But look, look, look. Somebody somewhere at a church, some church has got to say, we're going to do it. We're going to cry out. I'm not talking about a a list of roles. I've heard churches like, Reds of the devil. You're not allowed to wear red in the church. All those dumb things. I've heard since I've been born again, which is over 40-some years, talking about any of that. I do believe if you're on the cusp or the border or the edge of something, God will say, "Um, what are you doing? Don't get this mixed. I'm talking about this place being coming, the, the hothouse for the presence of God. For things to happen. Real presence. Tangible. Comes with you. Just like at worship. Ask the worship leader. Ask everyone that stands up here and looks this way. When you're into it, you just draw it out of them. Next thing you know, we're all in the heavenlies praising God. Ephesians 5, 3 says this, new living also. Listen to this now. You understand, God gets in your face. He does. And by the way, remember, He bought you. You have to remember that. If I want to go to my car and say, stupid car, I can. I bought it. I I can do. So God says, look, here we go. Let there be no sexual immorality. It's what it says. If you want the blessings and approval of God. God says this. He goes, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Look, such sins have no place among God's people. Has no place here. None. We might have every translation that has been written, but doesn't it say that in your word? So what happens if there's a group that ignores that? That presence, it does. What happens to a group that says, you know what, that's right, that's true. The presence of God starts to come back. Starts to come back. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories. Hey, did you hear the one about the farmer's daughter? (laughs) What? What? Obscene stories. Foolish talk. Coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Uh, The abundance of what? What speaks? Remember, this is what the one who purchased us said has to be done. It's a must. I, I only missed one on that test. Sorry, dude, you're not a nurse. Come back and spend $300 for the test in six more months. 
And you go, you go leave, you got to spend 300 more and come back. It's not, oh, you almost, oh, it was just about a ringer. If we, as God's people, can take this seriously, and then those that weep, like all the girls that God has sent us, from that home where there are orphans are not wanted, will feel the tangible love and presence of God. When you come and try, how do you minister to someone's trying, I'm trying to get off crack. Uh, what are you going to do? That's where the presence of God comes in. There's hope and mercy. You'll stand there and be going, oh, I don't believe it. I watched it my very own eyes. That's what we're longing and wanting. Not, what color? How long are those earrings? What's the matter with you? Oh, please. Remember, so he lays this out in Deuteronomy and Ephesians. And he says, I must not see any shameful thing among you. Now look, I know we're not perfect. I know it, and you'll do this. You'll stumble. But God does what? Get up! Dust yourself off! I'm sorry. And go on, not dabble and play in it and think you're getting away with it. John 3.30 says this, he must increase. That's what we need in this church. He, not the worship, not the attendance, not the money. He must increase. And we need something else. You and I must decrease. Look, this should be the motto of every Christian, especially leaders. Starting with me, on down to anybody that's over a little group, you've got to die to yourself. Jesus should become greater, more visible, and the servant should become Less visible. Listen to this verse. Listen, here's a promise. You understand, these aren't threats. These are like, this should be promises. Like, oh my gosh, finally, finally somebody wants the presence of God. We're not just going in, playing jerk, and going out. Look what it says. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who doesn't want that? You're in the wrong place. Blessed are the pure. Pure in heart. Yeah, if if you do everything that we're talking about and crying out and asking God, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Is not that what the lost needs to see? Is that not what our president needs to see? Your neighbor, those girls. You can't be sitting there going, President Obama, saved you. Isn't it? He just needs to see the tangible, undeniable, God-fearing, knee-knocking presence of God. And it starts with a group. Your camp! And now our camps come together. And we say, Holy Ghost, you are welcome. 
to walk through our camp, not to beat you over the head, to protect you and deliver you, is what the Word of God says. Oh, this would be so rich. Blessed are the pure in language. Yes. Oh, yeah. I knew nothing about God when I got introduced to God. And the first thing was my mouth. He got on me. Drinking and mouth. Worked in the wee hours on a truck dock with the most filthiest group of men ever known. And I was pretty much the leader. And all of a sudden, God unbelievably saves my soul. I go back to that dock, and for whatever reason, you know, work and different things, I say the smallest little cuss word that we would say is small H-E-double-L hockey sticks type thing. And I went off, it just echoed. I got all these tattoo and drinking and bear spitting guy all around me, and I'm like this. Because it just reverberated and echoed and felt so unholy and filthy. Pure. In action, in thought, in life, in language. And God says, He comes closer and closer to us. Oh, He does. Remember, I told you a long time ago, we didn't build this so it could be a basketball nasium or whatever they call the thing. We wanted a sanctuary, a holy sanctuary. They can play stinking basketball all over the place, but you've got to have a holy sanctuary. This is what the world is dying to see. The reality of the true and living God. Living and working and moving through people and then through a church. Oh, yes. The polluting sins of covetousness or lusts or immorality have, an, have a definite blinding. They blind us. Blind effect upon a person. They do. <clears throat> and the one pure heart person is freer from those pollutions than us. Oh, I'm just having fun. Don't tell me what I'm... Everybody's doing this. You're blinded. And the holy presence of God is just waiting to consume you with His love. Therefore, He backs off because sin cannot dwell in the presence of God. It'll be consumed. The heart-pure person can see God in nature. Can he not? Oh, I'm telling you. Can re- I have, don't have a good memory, but 
I can still remember those first few weeks of getting saved and cutting the grass and not really caring most of the time for the flower beds. They were a pain. They were a pain in the neck. And, just, what a, and then getting saved, it was like they were hand-painted by God just that day. And I was marvel at the created. Imagine it. How did, oh, my. Look at that. What happened? God wiped away the smudges and I could start to see. They were always there. But I couldn't see. The heart pure person can see God in nature. The heart pure person can see God in Scripture. You can see Him. When you're further from God, you're like, a stupid thing, I'm sick of people, I'm hating everything. And then when you realize, God, I'm sorry, and you come back to God and read a few, you can see, my goodness. The heart pure can see it in Scripture. The heart pure person can see God in the church family. Perfect witness has been those young ladies. Done us more good than they. And the heart pure person can see God as true character and what I'm saying about holiness. If you're seeing a bunch of rules, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. It's a promise. Jesus answered and said, this guy said, not, not Jesus, but John, he answered, one thing I know that we're and I was blind, but now I see, I see now. That's what the Lord is wanting to do with this church. Having you really see. This is not an in-depth, whoa, I never heard that preaching before. Woo, how did he get that? It's basic Christianity. Now listen, because this will affect you. Ephesians 5, 5, again, New Living Translation says this, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6 says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins. That's the day and age you live in now. They're trying to say, oh, this is okay, and oh, that's okay, and you can do that, you can drink, you can run around. She's better than that one over there, it's all right. That's the Lord says, don't be fooled by them. <clears throat> don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Leave that to God. The call to live a holy life is not a suggestion. It's a recommendation. It's a prerequisite. You've got to have this before you have that. It's a commandment and one that we are expected to fulfill. Right here, the camp of New Hope. All these up here, better. Or worship's dead, flat. Same with the preaching. Okay, here we go. Listen. James 4.8 says this. Here's another thing you have to do. Draw nigh to God. 
What's the promise? God will draw nigh to you. It's not rocket scientists. This is not so deep Hebrew and Greek we can't get it. No, no, no. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you. New Living simply says, come close to God and God will come close to you. I feel so far from God. Then come close to him. You understand how quick the distance can be closed as you go and God goes. God looks and says, is that my son who's once dead? And he runs to him. Roll nigh. It's a promise. Now look, as you draw near to God, you will be convicted of sin. You will. I should tell you this a long time ago. I don't have a light real close. But way back here, I look pretty handsome. Sort of in the shadows, in the dark. Put a beacon on my face. You'll see some things. Scars and blemishes and age and all. That's what happens when you get into the light. So yeah, you will. You might weep and mourn and grieve. Oh, God. But that's all right. It's appropriate action to weep under the presence of God. You're compelled to find the cleansing from the blood at the cross. Psalms 22, 3 says, But thou art holy, O that inhabitest the praises of his people. Like we talked about early. And word inhabitest means to cause to sit. You start. And God's going to come close and say, hey, this, these guys are awesome. And sit among us. God. Remember the ones that beseeched him, begged him, don't pass us by. He won't. As you do your part in your camp at home and your camp's here and God who's never broken a covenant will do his part here and then instead of saying I'm bringing my friend I hope this doesn't happen I hope that doesn't happen when you bring your friend you should be saying I can't wait for God to show up that they feel and sense and see they run they run But let them taste the reality of a true and living God in a church that is crying out for God. We'll close with this. We're in that season now. In fact, we're supposed to be getting some stuff today, right? You remember what I told you? You, in the beginning, it's a prerequisite, the holiness of the people of God who come together in their camps, presence of God comes and things move and start in the anointing. So what we do cause and effect. 
the atmosphere. Whether you get into God or you're like, uh, we can grieve the spirit of Almighty God. That should tell you, you and I can affect the presence of God. I gave you that recipe. Remember frost, the frost? I haven't seen any frost how much yet. It says, when the weather conditions are just right, when the humidity is at that perfect percentage, and the inside and the outside are at certain points, frost will appear on your window. It's the same principle when we get it, striving to get it. The presence of God will appear. Now, we know that the Bible says when two or three are gathered there, I know, I know that the presence of God is here, but don't be satisfied with that. The frost doesn't happen all the time, only when specific conditions are met. Now, here's the question. Who wants to meet those conditions? I don't think, <laughs> I took a whole hour, but now I have to explain the altar call. That's dumb. You're smarter than that. Individual camps. I am a camp unto myself. So is my wife. We are a camp together, and now we are among our brothers in camps. And God says, you must. And so now we give time to God to deal, give us strength, take out, put in whatever we need to those who want to meet the conditions. Our altars are open. No perfect people in this church. This people serving a perfect Savior. Remember our reason so that the dying world has a shot at seeing the principles and the presence of God. That's why you're coming and paying that price, young or old. Yes, Lord, lead us.